This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things true crime, something creepy, <laughs> cannabis, and weird. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sean. And this is why I can't handle this, because Maddie's not here. I don't know how to fucking work this. I don't know how to do anything. I'm literally having a panic attack. I couldn't even find the file with how to read our intro that I've done 47,000 times. And I've been playing on my phone doing nothing. So a true husband and wife relationship, he's Very contributed supportive. literally nothing Very supportive. thus far. I called him at work today. Like, I called him while I was at work. And I was like, listen, coach is putting you in. And he was like, oh, my God, I have to get notes together. I mean, I've been waiting for the call up for months. <laughs> but I was like, you don't have to get shit together. I'm the star. You're literally just listening to me tell you a story. And since I don't smoke weed, I immediately started cracking beers, like, like thinking I had to like drink a bunch of beer for this or whatever. But so that explains know. why I came home and the air was off and I'm sweating to death. And then, God forbid, the cold stare sobered me up quick. <laughs> well, because listen, let me tell you guys a story. I was at work today. And we have plastic partitions at our front desk so that people can't breathe COVID on us. But when we set them up, we set them up at the end of the desk. So there's nowhere for people to like sign receipts. So there's like a tiny crack at the bottom, like the tiniest little crack. And this guy was like, oh, it's fine. Just slide like a clipboard through and I'll sign it. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice idea. Thanks. And he goes, yeah, sometimes it just takes a little man sense. And I literally was like, mm-hmm. thank per- you. seems perfectly reasonable to me. It fucking wasn't reasonable, and I wanted to rip his goddamn throat out. Oh, goodness. I was like, oh, is there anything else you want to explain to me about my job while you're here? No? Okay, fuck off. <laughs> People that have to tell you how to do your own job. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the advice. Yes, thank you so much for knowing absolutely nothing. Although, <clears throat> I won't go into too hard, but Sean's the king of mansplaining things to me. Um but like my response is super inappropriate. And yesterday when I perceived I was having something explained to me when I really wasn't, my response was like, you're not my dad. I can do what I want. And it was like a tirade of 47 texts just being like, absolutely not. Look, I'm very self-aware. I think that my ideas are always right. They're not always, but I think that. But you believe uh, it. You got to commit to your ideas. And, and that's that's me. Speaking of his ideas, oh, just fly. Maddie's the one with the medical marijuana card. Um, I don't have one, <clears throat> and I don't smoke like that, so we will not have, um, like, that segment today. I will let Maddie decide when she's back if she wants to go into um, the situation that's keeping her away or not. I'm not going to speak for her. She's fine. She's okay. Um, but it's kind of personal, so it's up to her if she wants to talk about it. Also, if I do really well, we may never see Maddie again. It, it could be a, you know, a full-time position. For I can fucking assure you. <laughs> also, I don't know if you all can hear, my cat is ripping the door open and screaming bloody murder that he's not invited. Both of his parents are gone, and he's terrified. 
Yeah, he's really upset. But it's not. I don't think that's creature. I think it's Felix. Fifi. I can't tell from anybody else. Fifi. I don't know. I was trying to see the paw under the door, but creature, my Sphinx boy. If you all saw his post on Instagram, thirteen hundred dollars later, guess what he had? Guess what he had? Not pancreatitis. Not a foreign body. A fucking tummy ache. He had a fucking tummy ache. From all the people food? That From all the people eat. food. So now he's, okay, first of all, he's my child. I'll do what I want. To the tune of $1,300. I was so soul crushed. And he had to be in the hospital for days. And he wouldn't eat, which is so unlike him. And he was having explosive fucking diarrhea. And then, like, walking through it. And he's naked. So he had a crusty little butthole for days. So Sean was constantly chasing around with baby wipes, cleaning his little butthole. And it was just a lot to handle with filming an episode. So we couldn't do it. But then, he, please hold. Felix! It's not going to stop. <clears throat> Y'all are just going to have to deal with it. I, this whole episode is going to be a hot-ass mess. But listen, I got my notes together. And we're just going to get right into it because I don't have any weed to go over. And I my life is a disaster. Let's do it. So today we are talking about Wayne C. Doty. This came about because Sean felt as though our research isn't good enough. I never said that. You're so full of shit. He literally You're said, so he literally said, oh, I just expected the research for these episodes to take longer. I've so. never done a podcast. I have no, the last research I've done was like in college. Well, I didn't do anything in college. So uh, <laughs> high school was the last research I've actually done. And it took me weeks to do like a two page paper. Maybe because I'm, you know, slightly special, but... It's I, because you're fucking geriatric. You guys just and roll with this stuff and just kind of, you know, bang it out. And apparently, I, I was impressed. I wasn't criticizing. That's not true. Apparently, Sean is so old that when he was in school, all they had was fucking encyclopedias for research. And they didn't have the Google. We had to go to the library, like, to rent... Not rent books, like... Yeah, you rent Check them. out books or whatever and write the... Yeah, that's how we did it. We didn't have the internet. Okay, well, I have Netflix, and that's where I got this from. It was actually from the Netflix documentary. Um, It's called I Am a Killer, and it's just... uh, They're actually pretty short episodes. I want to say it was, like, under... It was definitely under an hour, but I don't remember how long. Um, But I like the idea of it because they're not, like, killers I've heard a lot about. They're just kind of random stories. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a high-profile case. It was Mm -mm. just, like, a just they picked a random case that was interesting in some way and kind of went with it well i think they picked his case because what's interesting about wayne is that he wanted and um pursued the death penalty which we'll get to all of that and how that transpires um so wayne c Doty, inmate number zero dash three seven five six nine zero was born on April 12th, 1973 in Pueblo, Colorado to Randall Doty and Mary Cole. Um, I feel like in the documentary, his mom said he was only 6 pounds, 12 ounces. I just always find it amazing how people start so precious and adorable and then just turn into straight up monsters. It's super weird for me. How pe- like The thought process of people is very interesting as well. Like This gentleman's thought process is quite different than what I would think. Yeah. But... It's you'll see I'm when we also, get into it. It's like a weird code of like ethics specific to him. Well, that's a lot of like state prison. There there is a very skewed code of ethics, but you know, even for, you know, I, I don't know any killers, but like 
even for someone like that, I would have thought differently about what their thought process. Yeah, he's a little kind of like soulless, kind of, when you're looking at him. Um, sadly for Wayne, and as we see, I mean, a lot of the time, I feel like whenever we're doing cases of any killers, it's always that they either had a head injury, had a horrible home life, had something traumatic happen and it's not really an excuse because I mean at this point I don't know anybody in my life who isn't traumatized from something but a lot of times in these cases I feel like they have extraordinary circumstances that are really sad or really bizarre that are just more than a person can probably handle but there are so many cases where people are fine like they yeah horrible stuff happened to them and they end up being normal people that you would never know bad stuff happened to them. They cope yeah. and they just move on, but some people obviously... But you see that even in, like, family structures. Like, not to knock anybody in my life, but my brothers and I had the same upbringing and my two oldest brothers are were really heavy into drugs and I've never... Like, I've recreationally used weed a time or two. More than a time or two. But I've used it. And when but, she drinks, she drinks hard. <laughs> listen... I don't drink that often, but when I do, I'm like, I'm just going to have, like, seven Long Island iced teas, and it's fine because it's tea. I didn't know there was no tea in Long Island, guys. I was impressed. I, 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 there, I thought I was going to die. So, anyway, for Wayne, his home life was a hot mess from the get-go. According to Mary, which is his mother, his father, Randall, was the kind of husband to just, like, take off and not come back for a while. Um, which my biological dad was the same way. He would just all the time take off on my mom. And I don't know how partners live like that. She would just be like, ah, when he came back, she was like, hey, what's up? Like, where the fuck have you been? So weird. If I go out to like class for three hours and train, it's like, I feel weird like being away from my home that long. (laughs) I'll be blowing him up like, but it's more important than me. Just kidding. I'm usually working at night now so that I don't go crazy. Um, but yeah, he would just leave and not come back for a while. Um, and at some point when um, Wayne was a little baby, Randall and Mary had a fight and she went to the grocery store to like get some stuff, get some space. And when she came back, Randall and the baby were gone. He just rolled out and Mary called the police immediately. But because they were married, she was told that the father has just as much a right to the baby as the mother and they couldn't do anything for her. Yeah, I find that super weird just because, like, I hear all the time Amber Alerts for, like, partners who have taken children. And it you, is still abducting. You tend to, you tend, the courts tend to lean towards the women when it comes to, you know, children, which is, yeah. You know, I was very shocked to see they were like, hey, sorry. Yeah, sorry about it. I mean, I guess it was a different time. It was the 70s. It's still, maybe. It's still really weird. Like, yeah, it was you all stole a kid. free love and whatnot. Um, at this point, Mary had no other choice but to just hope it was one of his, like, walkabouts and he'd come back. And uh, he never did. He didn't. He literally never did. I don't think I actually wrote it down here, um, but he actually told Wayne that his mother had died. Yeah. And he thought that until he was, like, a teenager. Yeah, and then he found, like, he was speaking to one of his aunts. He's like, who's in this picture? He's like, oh, that's your mom. He was, like, not dead. And he's, she's, he's like, whoa, what? But then it, he didn't make it clear, like, why at that point he still didn't pursue a relationship with her. But either way, we touch on it a little bit more later. But, yeah, he just thought she was dead and was living with his dad. Um, at one point in the documentary, Wayne does 
recall life with his dad and kind of talks about his upbringing. And he said um, that he was, you know, witnessing the horrific abuse towards all of his stepmothers. So his dad would have frequent women. He would abuse them severely. And he said specifically there was an incident in which one of his stepmothers was beaten so badly that both her eyes swelled closed and she had cuts on her nose and lip. And he said he was still a child. But at the time, um, he said if he had had a gun in the house, he would have killed his father and that he regretted not doing that. That he actually regretted not killing him. And he said it so, like, matter of fact. Like, yeah. Like, I just regret not killing my dad. Yeah, he was like, I just should have done it. The way he said it at first, I thought he was in jail for killing his dad. Because, like, at the Me beginning, too. I didn't really I know. Saw, I was like, wow, okay, this is a story about him killing his dad. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, shit, this guy killed his dad for beating the stepmoms. But he just was like, no, I really should have killed him. Um and this is what we we're talking about. It became super clear early on for me when I was watching the documentary and just reading um, some articles and whatnot that he lived by a super specific twisted moral code. Um, and he definitely thought that murder was an appropriate punishment when that code was violated. Like when he was talking about his dad, it was simply like, shit, I should have killed him too. That's that. Do you want some Cheerios? Like it was really fucking weird. Because like even... Like, I don't know, for me, a lot of the killers that, like, I've researched, you can see that, like, they're super twisted and they, but, like, they're crazy twisted. He seems super sane and super intelligent, but just, like, I think killing's cool. Yeah, but, I, again, like, you know, institutionalized, you know, in state prison, they they have to, if you someone crosses you and you don't do anything, then you're a mark. Yeah, and but so, he was like that beforehand. True, true. He was definitely... You know, but we I only I only saw a documentary where he was currently in prison speaking about it. So I don't know like how much it was before. Yeah, I was doing a lot of research from articles too. So I watched the documentary to get like for me I really like if there's something visual I can watch and then I'll go back through and read the articles. But I like shows like this where I can hear it from their actual mouth because you can't always trust what you read in your resources. And so if I get misinformation and it doesn't line up with what they actually said, then I'm like, Okay, I can't trust this site or this article at all she does do her research i see yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's been smirking this whole time fucking waiting to say that god has anybody out there been married as long as i have 12 years do you ever just feel like how can you love somebody so much and simultaneously want to fucking snap their neck every time they look at you i love you but i want to like put hands on you at all times love hate relationship i love her and she hates me no but i might end up on oxygen snapped um, anyway, all this to say that no one was surprised to find out that at a very early age, Wayne was committing petty crimes and turning to drugs to cope with his upbringing. He said he would regularly steal money from his father as well as checks. Um, but when he was about 16 years old, he decided he was old enough to go it alone and he rolled out. He didn't want to live like that anymore. And I don't really blame him. So peace. For the next few years after that, he moved from state to state before eventually settling in Plant City, Florida. And while there, he found work at a factory where he met his first victim, which was a night watchman at the plant named Harvey Eugene Horn II. And according to Wayne, um, Horn Sr. had a side hustle selling and using crystal meth. So Wayne said that he would often go there to use. And on the night in question of the murder, which was April 20th, 1996... That's what he did. He rolled on over there. They were going to do some. Look, I'm so dumb about drugs. I'm like, how do you do crystal meth? 
You smoke it. Like, I always say the wrong thing. I'll be like, oh, they were going to, like, shoot up some crystal meth. Like, I don't know anything yeah. about drugs. See, when it comes to, like, those types of drugs, I, I couldn't really tell you, but I'm in, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you smoke crystal meth. I, you shoot heroin. You snort cocaine. Those are, like, the, the things Guys, Sean was like, I don't really know about hard drugs, but if you want to do heroin, <laughs> you do it this way. If you want to do crystal meth, definitely like this. I have suspicions about his behavior. And you also smoke crack. I, I've, I've seen people smoke crack. Weird. I mean, yes. The area that we live in, I'm going to be straight up with you. It's slightly crack infested. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. they, they, they've, they've ingested some form of crystal meth a time or two as well. A time or two? Yeah. They could have in, they could have injected it. They could have ate it. Who knows? Look, I like how he's trying to backtrack. Like, I don't I don't know how they would have gotten <laughs> it, but like I think they did. Look, my, my local prostitutes, they, no. smoke, they smoke their crystal meth. Okay, guys, can we just, like, oh, it is sex worker. Sex worker. I've never heard that term. I literally tell you all the time. I, I, I don't always listen. Okay, well, you'll come correct for the rest of the episode because we have worker. to educate. I, no, I got you. I got you. They're working ladies doing jobs. Yes. And they're putting in the effort. Yeah. Banging on your car door first thing in the morning. Yeah. They beat on my truck door. Constantly. They really do. They are good looking guys. I can't really blame them, but, like. Okay. Well, anyway, um, Wayne, going back to the article, admitted to taking a gun to um, the house, to Harvey Eugene's house. <sighs> God. Um, but he said that he had no intentions of using it for foul play. According to Wayne, he intended to trade it for the drugs because he was out of money. He said that when he arrived, they were both on a seven-day bender with no sleep. Um, and that resulted in an altercation because, I mean, he admitted to being super strong out on drugs and having terrible insomnia. And if I go one evening with bad sleep, I want to slit throat. So I buy it. At one point, Horn Sr. stood up from the chair he was seated in during the argument and allegedly came after Wayne, at which point he pulled out the gun and shot him point blank in the face. It does kind of like suck. I mean, it sucks that somebody's dead regardless, but it is from the perspective of one person. I obviously don't know this man, but he's very transparent and honest to a fault about things. So I do kind of believe his account just yeah. based on what I saw. For sure. Um, but this this next part of the story is going to give you some super insight into his into his brain. He said that during the altercation, it ran through his mind that he may have to injure Horn and that if he was going to injure him, he may as well kill him. Like, his mind made that jump, and he was like, fuck it. If I'm... May as well. Then, um, like, this was the point in the documentary where I got my first real inclination that something was super off in his brain. He said that um, he couldn't tell if Horn was dead after the initial shot, and he couldn't leave a man dying in his own home. So he shot him four more times in the face, just to be sure. Yeah. But, like... I believed him when he said, oh, man, like, I'm not going to leave a guy dying and, like, not know yeah, if he's he dead. He just wants to make sure. I mean, most people, like, if a, if a gun goes off. In your face. And then you're like, I don't want to leave him dying. I'll call 911. Maybe they can save him. No. He's like, you know what? Let's just finish the job. But it was weird how he was just like, oh, that sucks. Like, I'm not going to leave him suffering like that. It was just really weird. He is screaming so loud. Do you hear him? Uh, Desperate meows. Okay. I love, I love my wife, but the cats. Whew. 
It's definitely, he has told me on many occasions, if I bring one more home, that's it for me. But listen, guys, he looks at Creature all the time and tells me he's the cutest thing he's ever seen in his life. I've literally never said that. You've literally said that. Never in my life. It's actually happened. Anyway. You know what? I really fucking miss Maddie. Um... So, yes, he shot him several more times in the face just to be sure because, you know, you can never be too sure. Um, as you can imagine, a man covered in blood on a seven-day bender from serious drug use uh, was apprehended pretty quickly. Um, and that's that. I think he was 23 years old at the time, if anyone cares. Okay, you know what? No, I don't know. I, I, Guys, he's mansplaining it to me. I thought it was bender. Is it bender? I don't know. I got it from Google. Okay. I believe you. I just... I'm Fine. He was on a bender. I don't know. Um, I've never been on one before. Well, Wayne was convicted of murder, but he caught a break during sentencing. Due to having no serious priors, um, he evaded the death penalty, because the death penalty still exists in Florida, and received life without parole. Um in an article that I read from Crime and Investigation UK, it was reported that once inside the Everglades Correctional Institution, Wayne made a few attempts at suicide before finally kind of like settling into his prison life, um, which we'll circle back to that later in the episode. It comes Usually into play. When you attempt suicide, you get put into like protective custody and they won't let you into like general population. For a while. But then eventually they do if they deem that you're safe to return. Um Wayne actually was not violent in prison and even went on to make a like a lot of strong and meaningful relationships, um, which we'll also talk about later. Um, and this carried on all the way until um, May of 17, 2011, when he was 38 years old and he murdered a fellow inmate named Xavier Rodriguez for allegedly stealing from him. Rodriguez was only 21 years old and was in prison for serving a 10-year sentence for robbery with a deadly weapon. Um, Wayne had help from a fellow inmate by the name of William Wells, who, after I researched him, could definitely have his own episode as well. That guy was fucking batshit. Um, you have to be like, I knew this guy was going to be crazy before I looked it up because who's just like, yeah, you want to murder somebody? Cool, cool. I'll be there. What time? Three? It was just... And I was not disappointed um, when I researched it. Um, at the time of the murder, Wayne was working on a side hustle selling tobacco. They said He said that they called it RIP, like R-I-P. Um, he claims that Rodriguez stole a pack of RIP, which was worth about $100 at the time, and alleged that it was stolen off of a cart, which was intended to be delivered to another inmate, who, from my understanding, had already paid for it. So it's a big deal. You've lost this product now that you've promised to somebody else who's paid you for it. It's strange that uh, some, you know, monetary value, you know, stuff went missing in a prison. Right. It's like, oh, no. You you can't hand deliver everything because, you know, that's just not how it works. You have to have help and have people, you know, transport that stuff for you. And And what a shock. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. It went missing. Well, what really set Wayne off and... I feel like everything I say is we'll talk about it later, but things really come full circle later. Um, But this kind of talks about the code of ethics because I will just briefly tell you that he later admits that he has no idea if that guy stole it or not. But what did happen is when he confronted Rodriguez about stealing it, Rodriguez called him a pussy ass cracker. And while Wayne feels that he wasn't directly threatened by Rodriguez, 
a comment like that going unchecked could leave him looking weak and vulnerable, which was super dangerous. And he felt that he had to take action against Rodriguez and he couldn't let that right. slide. Right. And, and I think he said, you said was, Wayne was like 38 at the time. Like, yeah. Uh, Wayne at 38 versus a 21 year old kid. Like, you know, usually if somebody crosses you, you tune them up. Yeah. But at 38. Yeah. Like, you're that, not young. That's not, that's not always going to work. And he said that too in the documentary. He was like, you know, I'm older i'm not like this young kid and i can't let anything slide which i understand but also like there's a lot of ways to make an example out of someone without murdering them a and b you just randomly accused him you had no real reason like he the way he said it later he just didn't even really have a reason to accuse him he was just like could have been him um so you said there's a lot of ways in in florida state prison as well they're actually wide widely known at least to me that they make a lot of blades and they do a lot of cuttings in those prisons. Yeah. And they're not intended to kill you. They're intended to, to, um, like send messages, just to send a message. A lot of times, a lot of times they cut you and it's not something that can even do much damage, but it's there to you know, cut you up and show that, like, Hey, you're, you're not going to be messed with. So right. he did not do that. Though. Yeah. No, he had options. Um, and it just kind of circles back to that weird moral compass that he has he felt the only answer was murder and he didn't give it a second thought he was like yep that's what i gotta do he disrespected me and he said like i'm not gonna tolerate disrespect from anyone i give respect to others and he disrespected me um so he and his partner devised a plan um william helped wayne um and wayne convinced rodriguez they were going to play a game and if he won rodriguez could have a pack of rip He said in the documentary later that um, based on the nature of the game, he should have realized at this time that he didn't actually steal it because he wouldn't have put himself in this situation if he had actually stolen it. By the way, you should never do this in any capacity, prison or not. You should never play this game. So they convinced Rodriguez that they were going to bind him with handcuffs made of bed sheets, and if he could get out, then he could have the pack of rip. So, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. If he knew he stole from this guy, that they had a verbal altercation, why would he then be like, you know what, yeah, you can cuff me by myself in, like, this secluded area. Yeah, no, no thanks. Um, but they, that's exactly what happened. They bound him with handcuffs made of bed sheets, and then once he was bound, Wayne came from behind him and put him in a chokehold. Um, he waited for him to pass out, pass out, and then he stabbed him 25 times before taking a shower and then reporting the murder to a prison guard. So he just super casual, like he was having Sunday coffee, stabbed him to death, took a shower. And again, like you don't need to stab him 25 times. Like he's tied to a chair. You could slit his throat. You could, I'm not condoning any of this, but there's quicker ways is my point. You could stab him in the heart and be sure he's dead. You don't need to stab him 25 times so uh, I, I wouldn't know how many times to stab a person because that's probably not going to be me in my life no it's i mean just, i feel like if it's fucking michael myers like i'm not going to do that thing they do in the movies where they hit him in the head with a fucking sock and go oh i think he's down and then fucking trip up a staircase for 45 minutes until like, he wakes back up stand around him and look over him like, yes we got him i'd stab his ass 25 times but that's it so yeah he reported it to the prison guard um, and then on June 5th, 2013, Wayne was tried for the murder of Rodriguez and he was convicted and received 
the death penalty with a 10 to 2 vote, meaning 10 people voted for the death penalty versus two who did not. Um, But it was super odd because Wayne seemed really happy with the result. And this is where I'm kind of circling back from earlier in the episode. To me, it kind of seems like prior to... So when he did his first murder, he rigorously worked to avoid a jail sentence once he was imprisoned I feel as though from that moment on he was like I deserve the death penalty like every time he talks in the episode it's oh no like these families deserve peace and I deserve the death penalty and I'm at peace with that I don't think it has anything to do with that I think if you think about his suicide attempts earlier in his prison sentence I really believe that he's miserable in jail he had no idea what to anticipate And I don't think he's been able to successfully complete suicide. And so he wants the state of Florida to do it for him. Sure. And, and, and again, you know, there is what, what's worse. I mean, it obviously would be terrifying to die. Yeah. It's also terrifying to spend the rest of your life in, in prison, which is notoriously miserable. And right. Just by itself, but then not taking into account, like Florida prisons in particular are pretty horrible and, okay, so you know you're going to die, but you know that you're going to get this lethal injection or whatever, and it's going to be relatively quick and, yeah, I, I assume. You, you, they sedate you. Yeah. And then you go to sleep. Versus having to look over your shoulder all the time and run these hustles. And, and, and as you get older, even older than 38, you know, you can't do nearly anything, and, and then, then you're not running anything. Yeah. yeah. A 60-year-old man, 70-year-old man, you're not running shit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, unless you've built up, like, a following that's, like, protecting you, and even then. Yeah, but it's what what have you done for me lately? They get, you know, cycled in and out so much. You know, on a compound, that there's always people coming in trying to, you know, see who's in top. And if you're, you know, old, you ain't running nothing. Yeah, true. I mean, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think as soon as he got a taste of what was really, you know, going on in prison, he was like, absolutely the fuck not. Um, although... Things took a turn for the worse for Wayne in 2017. Um, At that time, Florida updated the death penalty requiring a unanimous jury ruling in order to impose the death penalty. So this would mean that by him having a 10 to 2 vote, he was no longer eligible for the death penalty because it was not unanimous. So just 36 months after his original sentencing, his sentence was changed to life without parole, which was very upsetting to Wayne who had already at this time been pushing to fast track his execution and was even reported to be trying to request the electric chair specifically also why I mean that was the only part that had me thinking that it was more than just wanting to die just because he specifically wanted to die by a very what I imagine be super painful way archaic way to go I mean I, I don't I don't know this I don't haven't done any I have no knowledge of this, but like, is it even legal to do that? In, I don't know in any why, states? but I feel like Texas, you know, they don't be fucking around. Let me see. And I feel like there, there has to be not, apparently the, the worst state for prisons, for federal prisons or state prisons, I guess it would be not federal prisons, is Alabama. What? You and Maddie both fucking coming for Alabama. I, I just watched a video the other day about it. It was a, um, the worst prisons in, in the U.S. and number one was Alabama. And it, and it ain't because they kill you either. Listen, 
Maddie fucking came so hard for Alabama. Now Sean's coming so hard for Alabama, and I just feel like I need to personally. I'm not coming for Alabama. Come for Alabama and say I support you, even though your humidity is fucked. It, yeah, it's hot. It is hot. I did some brief research while he was trashing the entire state. And as of 2021, the only places in the world that still reserve the electric chair as an option for execution are Alabama, (laughs) Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Oh, Texas got out. Um, So that explains why he's pushing for it. Um, So that's what he wants. But it's wild that in 2021 killed by the electric chair y'all if you're gonna murder somebody don't but especially don't in any of those states because you'd be fucked and especially not in um alabama, alabama. Yeah. look alabama i'm so sorry oh i have to burp please hold okay guys i have to tell you something when i have to burp i have to burp myself like a baby and i have to tap it my is, own chest it is really sad to watch <laughs> and a grown adult just okay first <laughs> Okay, so... She also drinks with two hands, like a literal child. There was, like, a slight chance for penetration tonight, and it is now completely off the table. Also, there's another skill that, apparently, I'm the only person in the human race that has it. I can lay down and drink. Like a fucking infant. Like, lay on his back with a baba and fucking drink. Oh, it's a bottle, all right. A bottle of fucking beer. Lays down like a proper drunkard. If I like even lean my head back too far, my throat like closes and it's like no, no liquid shall pass. One one day, Rachel, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna bring beers up to bed because I was, you know, it was in my, I was I was ready to go, I was all primed up. Rachel's ready to go to sleep. I went to sleep with her. I literally put eight or nine beers in a in a little lunchbox cooler with ice and brought them up and set them next to the bed. I'm gonna make a TikTok that's like tell me you're an alcoholic without telling me you're fucking alcoholic and it's gonna be his little fucking backpack of Every couple minutes beer she, she just woke up to the oh my god i have to tell a story really quick so i don't really drink at all so i i will for certain occasions but as a general i don't drink and prior to meeting sean when i was i think i was 18 when i met you i had only ever drank one time in my whole life and I moved into this apartment and Sean was staying over a lot. And I remember that I was dead ass asleep and I just hear my bedroom door open and I hear this fucking, it was like the sound of ice in a cup just fucking shaking so loud. It was shaking like he was literally shivering and the whole thing was, was just going. And I just woke from a dead sleep and I was like, is that a fucking soft drink? The weirdest part was I don't even getting the drink <laughs> the gate was it was not i don't condone it but man i should not have been driving that night and it was well he was a child and he knows better now yeah i i have a dv like nobody's business i love it i just cannot he sean can he's irish and it is apparent he went to like a bachelor party like weekend in atlantic city and one of the girl's husbands like text her and was like bro he was drinking so much. He put down so much beer. And he was, like, so amazed. And I was like, bitch, that's, like, every Saturday. Yeah, Why I brought 60 beers for two nights just in case somebody wanted a, hand, you know, a couple. I couldn't spare that many, but <laughs> I think I put away, you know, a case each night. I cannot. Let's listen. Now that you guys just really believe that he's a raging alcoholic. Um, let's get back to Wayne. Um, so, basically, 
As a result of this sentence being overturned, Wayne would have to undergo a retrial to determine if his sentencing would remain life without parole or if the jury would unanimous, unanimously unanimously vote to impose the death penalty again. <sighs> so. So, like, as a juror, though, would you, if someone as, a, as an inmate was advocating for himself the, to have the death penalty, wouldn't you just go along with it and be okay or or would you be like you know what no screw you like you deserve life in prison you deserve to be miserable i will tell you that i'm a goody two-shoes and i would follow the letter of the law and make the best decision i could with the information i think that's also and i would not let my personal feelings affect it as much as i would want to and i can 100 percent back everything she's saying that she would be she would if she was the one person because she didn't feel like it was to the letter of the law that would be her, 100%. Yeah. I'd be the person who gets murked in the parking lot for just, like, not taking the mob payoff to vote a certain way. Like, I just, I'm a goody two-shoes. I know that about myself, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, while the death penalty seems to be all that Wayne wanted, um, there are people who don't want to see that happen to him. And one such person is a man named Brett Meats, who formed a bond uh, turned kind of creepy, in my opinion, with Wayne while in prison. Um, Brett calls Wayne dad, like not daddy, like dad. (laughs) That got dark Um, and exchanges letters with him like twice a week. And it's very clear from the interview that Brett is a very lonely person and was so desperate for a father that he just blindly defends Wayne's murder of Rodriguez, saying that it wasn't like Wayne just walked up and shot him. He had motive. Like, fucking, yeah, dude, every murderer has fucking motive. Like, bruh. But it was really bizarre. First of all, like, not to judge, but... finds, like, a father figure. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, I guess it can happen. Now, I don't know. I read some articles that I did not feel were truthful articles just based on some other information in them that said that they had a romantic relationship. Mm. But I did not get that vibe at all from watching the documentary and hearing both of them talk about one another. It sounds like Wayne actually writes him letters and is like, hey, get your life together. You're finally out. Like, if Brett is going off the beaten path, then Wayne is like, no, you need to get back on track. Um And he says he looks at him like a son, and Brett looks at him like a dad, but I just think it's odd. I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, it's not that weird that, I mean, pieces of shit can have meaningful relationships with other people just because they're, you know, pieces of crap to everyone else. Like, yeah, and he, like we said, he does have some weird moral code, so he's obviously not killing everyone, he's picking and choosing. Um, and obviously, like, you know, Wayne's mother would prefer that he serve his life sentence. Um, but if you really watch him talk, it's super clear that he would kill again without remorse or second thought if he felt, and he admitted as such. Yeah. He said that he absolutely still feels that things warrant murder. And I don't, I don't like. He essentially said, like, I'm sorry that your family members died. I can't bring them back. He he was never sorry for the act. Yeah. He was sorry that that they're gone but not sorry necessarily that he did it because I don't necessarily know that he regrets what he did because again, no. the moral code won't allow that to, to you know, take place. He's just, yeah. He felt they were like righteous you know, it's kills. Just like, Hey, I'm sorry. What can I do? You know, nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. You know, that kind of, I'm sorry. Not like I'm genuinely sorry that I hurt you and Correct. Did, did this, you know, I'm sorry. It wasn't like, it was yeah, weird. it was like, sorry, that sucks for you, but it had to happen. Kind of like some of my apologies where I'm like, no, oh, sorry. 
Sometimes I'd be like, can you fucking just stop saying sorry? Just say anything else. I'd rather him just be like, fuck off than another. I'm I'm sorry. I won't say I'm sorry anymore. I'm sorry. (laughs) You sound so abused. (laughs) Everybody's going to be writing in like, oh, God, she's abusing him. I'm not abused. Did you just say abused? Please help. Like, I'm fucking deaf and couldn't hear it. You know what? This is going to end with divorce. And fucking if Maddie tries not to come back, I swear to God, I'll hunt her down. Look, what's what the people want man. the people say please bring sean back maddie's gonna have to take another step back the people are gonna say please never bring him on here again i, mean, I, I feel like i'm gonna get that but it is what it is you know no you're fine i'm supportive i would i'd much rather be outside the room than inside the room it's very nerve-wracking i i'm you know, <laughs> i'm uncomfortable because obviously we are super comfortable together but uh, yeah this is not fun because i am just, you don't like I'm, it I'm nervous i get so nervous I get super nervous too, and Maddie and I both do the same thing when we're scared. We sing, so we'll like sing our words. Oh, yeah, I don't sing. It's like just from New Girl. It's you super awkward. That. Yeah, you don't want that. Um, back to people who don't want Wayne to bite it. Yeah. Um, one person who absolutely does not want him to receive the death penalty um, is the son of his first victim, Harvey Eugene Horn the Third. And he feels as though, kind of what I feel, that Wayne is a coward who is too afraid to complete suicide and wants the state of Florida to do it for him. And he said if he had it his way, he would die of very old age in prison serving out a life sentence. I can see that. And I think it goes, it depends on the person. Yeah, for sure. I would be the type of person, okay, this is what it would be for me. If this person killed someone that i knew and that person couldn't come back and couldn't feel pain i would care you know could care less if they got the death penalty if they traumatized seriously injured or assaulted a person and the person i care about is alive wondering every day if they're gonna get out of jail or have their sentence overturned i would absolutely want them to have the death penalty because i wouldn't want my the person i cared about to have to be scared of that for the rest of their life like the mary vincent case i did i think it was the last case i did um you know he he took his control by telling her like if i ever get out i'm gonna fucking finish it and she had to spend years of her life terrified that that might happen so and it depends too like if somebody like injured or killed my child i would be that person i'm just letting you all know i would fucking kill them in the courtroom and just do my jail sentence and move on with my life well you would never have to i got you you wouldn't even be able to because I, I would fucking, I would wreck. <laughs> Guys, tell me if you've ever heard this joke. Because my friend at oh work, my God. she no, no, I'm not going to do the Oasis one. Oh, okay, I'm not going to do the Oasis oh, one. That was um, bad. Okay, it was hysterical. But my friend at work today, I was trying to tell someone to get wrecked. And she said there was this meme going around years ago about Shrek. And you're supposed to say, get Shrekt. But I've never heard that before. Yeah, I, I heard it today and I didn't laugh. I know I called John and she was like, tell him get Shrek'd. So I did. And he was like, "Uh, okay. Yeah, I will, I guess. (laughs) I guess I'll get Shrek'd then. But then for the rest of the day, every time I kept saying it because it was really catchy. It's not. Okay, fine. So, unfortunately, Warren Jr. may not get to see that transpire. You know, um, Wayne serving out a life sentence because on February 26th, 2018, during a trial in which Wayne... Wayne represented himself. He was unanimously sentenced to the. I cannot talk. Really struggling unanimously. 
Uh, he was unanimously sentenced to death and is sitting on death row to this day. Also, why is it that every scumbag, douchebag, murderer likes to represent themselves? Oh, every time. And a lot of times I've, I've found recently where people will uh, cross-examine, like, victims, family members to make them, like, to, you know, to really, like, dig the, the knife in deeper. Like, is this making you uncomfortable? You know, me, like... That, that, that would really aggravate me. Yeah, like talking about you fucking shooting my right. father in the yeah, face yeah, yeah, five yes. times. Like, exactly. yes, I'm uncomfortable. But uh, It's just so weird. But, but they still have a lawyer there present, like, in case he's, like, at any point says, hey, I can't do this, and then the lawyer steps in. Yeah, so he did I, have I, that. I didn't know that. I thought that was interesting. He had a lawyer on standby, for sure. Because I feel but, like if you, if you are your own lawyer and you can't do it, well, guess what? You, you brought up. that on you yourself. You fucked up. Yes. You get every opportunity to say, are you sure? Yep. And if you were sure and then you come to find out you're not sure, well, then you're oh, well. SOL. Yeah, I agree. But he s- did seem super relieved when he got the death penalty. So yeah. I, But here's the thing. I also feel like people will sometimes sit on death row until they fucking die of natural causes. Yeah, like, the guy's been on death row for three years and it's there's no appeal process. Mm-mm. So what are they waiting for? At that point, like I understand there's, there's appeals. But if you're convicted... You're, it's not even a question. You're, and you want and it. And you want it. Like, what yeah. are you waiting for? Like, I get you're, what you're, you're saying. for years and, again, paying, you know, they're paying for you to, to live out your life there. I mean, I'm sure that somebody will take your spot if, once once it's over. But, like, yeah. what, what are we waiting for? I feel the same way. It's just kind of ridiculous. But I don't know. That's the story of Wayne Doty. And, um, look, guys, we did our best today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks and for having me. Go easy on me in, in, the, in the comments, I guess. If you guys... I mean, we have, like, one follower that cares enough to comment. Maybe two. I, I, Max. You know, I follow. I listen. I'm, I, I don't know that I'm ever listening to this episode. Oh, it's really fucking uncomfortable listening to yourself. You will overanalyze every single breath you take, and you're like, oh, my God, I sound like a fucking tool. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying not to, like, gulp. <laughs> probably because the first few episodes or, i clicked really bad it was always like <laughs> and it was like ew i would hear myself and i'm like do i have that much residual fucking saliva like what is my problem but i'm sure you guys miss maddie as much as i do and um as you can see she is definitely the structure and the um organization behind this operation and i definitely just show up and um tell stories so we need her we appreciate her yep and hopefully she'll be back soon okay bye